Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Robotics. I'm your host, Nikki Rousseau, and it's my pleasure to introduce you to the robotics and sometimes AI community in Australia. Today, I have a very special guest joining me all the way from Darwin. Jamison Harvey is the founder of Royal Robotics and Red Dirt Robotics. He's an inspirational young man that travels all over Australia, bringing robotics to rural communities. Jamison, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Nikki. I'm really excited to have a chat today. We uh, we connected a few months. Was it a few months ago? I don't know. Time flies. It feels like a few, but it was probably just two or three months ago um, when I saw a post on LinkedIn of the absolutely amazing work that you're doing. So you founded two companies and um, the one sort of led to the other one. We, we will be focusing on Red Dirt Robotics, but tell us a little bit about Royal Robotics first and how that led to Red Dirt. Sure. So when I was in grade 10 at high school, I started uh, my first company, Royal Robotics. Uh, but to get to that point in time, we have to go back a few years beforehand. So I just moved to a new school for grade eight and high school. And the two friends that I had there were part of the school's robotics program. And being the new kid at the school, you sort of follow wherever um, who you know is going. And I ended up heading along to the robotics club one day. And it was just really cool and exciting what they were working on um, using the Lego robots to, uh, I think the first competition that they were doing was a, a local sumo robotics competition. So that's building and programming your robot to seek and destroy another robot inside of a little sumo ring. And then I guess that's where, where I caught the bug of competitive robotics and robotics as a whole. One thing led to another. Um, we got a little bit better at what we were doing and our coach put us into a competition called the first Lego League. And the first Lego League is the world's biggest robotics competition and it's aimed at primary school and high school age students. And to give you a quick crash course, crash course in FLL, um, you're given on competition day, you're given two and a half minutes to uh, complete as many missions as possible using your robot um, that's been programmed to uh, complete these missions on a big table and each amount of missions is worth a different amount of points most amount of points win so in our first rookie year we did all right I think we came about 18th and then the following season when we went back again we managed to take away the national champion spot in 2018 so <laughs> a really congratulations big, yeah a, a really big uh, improvement in a short amount of time and from that Australian national championship win, we got to travel to Houston in America for the world championships uh, for the first Lego league where we managed to come away with second place. So there were 60,000 teams across the world competing that season. And then it whittled its way down to about 40 in America. And over there, after months and months and months of hard work, we took out second place in the world, which we're all, my whole team was still really proud of today. And then once we got back from America, my coach said to us, you guys know what you're doing now. There's plenty of kids on the Sunshine Coast who don't have any of this at their school. You need to start teaching uh, classes. And so that's where Royal Robotics comes into the picture. And I was teaching programs out of an awesome place uh, on the Sunshine Coast called the Perigian Digital Hub. Um, they gave us their venue for free and we were able to uh, run our programs up there and learn how to teach and work with other kids um, and just have fun doing robotics. And so after that, I kept working through school, doing our robotics competitions, FLL, another one called FTC. And then I get to the end of year 12 in 2021. And I think 
I can't think of anything worse than going to uni and sitting in another classroom for however many years. Um, for now, at least. I want to travel. I don't want to stop doing the robotics. And then I figured, why not combine the two? And that's how Red Dirt Robotics came to be. It's an inspirational story. Um, I actually happen to know where Peregrine Hub was. I, I was there many, many years ago. Um, it had just been built. And we, um, when I, I still had Exaptic, my robotics company, were thinking of moving and relocating up there. So um, what a fantastic spot to be doing classes and things with kids. Mm. Yes, I've, it's been a while since I've been back and it's just growing and getting better and better. So I'm looking forward to getting back there uh, at the end of the year and hopefully running some more programs there again, just like where it all began. Okay, so take us through this. Then you started Red Dirt Robotics and you decided um, you needed to get out there. Where, how did you decide where you were going and um, funding? Like, where do, where do you get the money? So the way I decided where to go, uh, we'll start there. Um, at the start of 2022, so at the start of last year, I was accepted into a program called the ABC Haywire Trailblazer Program. And for those who don't know, the ABC Haywire Trailblazer Program is a program for 18 to, I think it's 28-year-olds uh, from regional Australia who are doing, are doing cool things in their regional community and you get put on a platform where you can share your story um, and then options to get funding and expanding your networks. And by the point of being accepted into the Trailblazer program, all I was saying I was going to do for Red Dirt Robotics is just talk. I hadn't set out to do anything yet. I was just said, this is my crazy idea. I want to do this. And then I got accepted into that. And I thought, oh, God, now I, I actually have to have to do stuff and get stuff done. And so I, I quickly packed up my troopy, um, managed to lock in some robots and some laptops, and I just hit the road going from Queensland uh, up into the Northern Territory over a few months and just reaching out to schools in advance saying, this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. If you want me to come and work with your kids, this is how it's going to work. And back then, I was uh, charging very small fee uh, to these places that I was visiting just so I could you know, put some fuel in the car and food on the plate at the end of the day. And as I kept going through Queensland and the Territory and WA, more people were starting to hear about who I am and what I was doing. And I was starting to you know, spill my resume of um, experience and good references. And from that, other people were beginning to apply for grants to bring me out. Um, and then as well, I was also applying for grants to take myself out to places all across the country. So the way I fund myself is a bit of a mixed bag. Sometimes um, places are more than happy to pay for my services. Other times I'm applying for funding and other times places are applying for funding to, to bring me out. So I'm wanting to move to a model where um, no one is having to pay. Uh, so I'm just getting pockets of funding here and there or um, other ventures and ideas that I have in the back of my mind come to fruition. They're able to uh, fund fund my my operations for Red Dirt Robotics as well. So the very first school you went to, um, talk me through the experience there. Had the kids been exposed to STEM and robotics or was this all completely new to them? The very first school that I visited was Alpha State School. It's a tiny little school in a tiny little town in central Queensland, about, uh, I think it's maybe four hours west of Rockhampton. And I had 17 kids from grade five to ten 
I think. So that just shows how small this school is. And it was all of these kids' first time ever even seeing a robot, let alone programming it and using it and doing the fun challenges with them. And I had the, them for a full day. And right from the start of the day, from the start of the class, as, as I said, these kids had no experience. And then by the end of the day, these, uh, these students were learning able were learning how to you know program some pretty complex stuff using you know nested if statements and pretty pretty technical stuff for you know when you're looking back a year five kid who's what probably eight or nine years old so no it was a really great experience both for me and for these these kids out there too and have you been back to the school since then or kept in contact i haven't been back to alpha no um but there are a few other places that i've had a few return visits um, since visiting them last year. And what's the response like when the kids see you and have you seen an improvement and a, an interest evolving since first contact? Um, yeah, the, the response is always really positive. Um, a lot of the times when I'm going into these communities where it's these kids first time ever seeing anything like this at, at a very base level, they're just excited that there's something new coming to them. Um, and then beyond that, actually being able to get hands on with the gear and have fun with it just takes it that next step further for them all. And uh, in some of the places where I've been and then come back to, there's always at least a few kids who are return visits as well. Um, so it's really, really positive seeing that, you know, the impact I'm having on these kids of almost getting them hooked the same way that I did back when I was in high school on robotics is yeah a really rewarding feeling for me. Congratulations. Look, I, I think your story is just absolutely fantastic to our audience listening. If there's someone, I'm going to say this a few times, if there's someone who wants to fund Jamison, um, you're going to have to uh, hit him up on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> we'll probably put his phone number in the show notes as well if he gives permission. And it's just such a worthy cause. Now, can I ask you the logistics around all of this? I'm very interested to know, um, are you a very organized person so that you know, well, you're going here, you're going to central Australia, there's a hotel or tell me how, walk me through how you do all of this. Um, organization isn't my strong suit. You'd hope by now it would be. <laughs> um, but I've, I've made it work for, for nearly two years. So whatever I'm doing is working for me and that's what matters. But the way that I'll typically set out uh, for a year. So this year, for example, I had, I think, four or five key dates all around the country. So my first trip was to Tasmania at the start of the year in February. Then from there, I had the April school holidays in Alice Springs. And then after that, I knew I had to get to Carnarvon in the West Coast um, of WA and then Broome later in the year. And then that was sort of it. And so I knew I had, hang on, here I need to get to there, blah, blah, blah. And so those key dates sort of form the foundations of where I can visit along the way. And then it's just a process of looking at the map, looking where I'm going. If there's anywhere that I want to go um, as a bit of a tourist, I'll try and fit that in as well. And then just reach out to schools and libraries and other organizations along the way to say, just like I said before, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. I want to work with your kids and have some fun with some robots. And yeah, just sort of filling in the map along the way. and. Yeah, just doing as, as much as I can 
I think you should have by now probably a phenomenal re resource of schools, knowing what schools are out there. I'm sure the teachers or even the education department listening to this going, if they need any resource information, they would they need to hit you up because you actually uh, you like a living encyclopedia <laughs> that you you know exactly. It's not out there because you've been to these places. What would be some of the challenges that you face living this sort of lifestyle and working the way you do? Um I, I absolutely love the, the way that I live and work and travel. Um, I mean, I get to explore one of the most beautiful countries uh, in the world and then work with some really awesome kids as well. But the whole traveling full time, living out of my car, as fun as it is, it does get tiring. Um, you know, sometimes if I'm a bit late getting to where I want to go, I may not have somewhere I get to, um, to, to camp or stay. So just little things of oh where am I going to sleep tonight um things like that uh they they start to take its toll but for the most part I can't really complain you know I just spent six weeks in Broome you know mm. and one of the most beautiful places in this country so yeah I it's hard to complain all the all the little negatives are definitely far outweighed by the, the massive positives of my job and all your kits and things um i'm assuming you travel with all of that how do you manage that uh, those logistics yeah i've i've managed to get it pretty down pat by now uh so i travel with 10 robots 10 laptops and a 3d printer uh soon i'll be bringing another 10 drones into the mix as well but the actually have one here i'll show you sorry to the audio listeners but the robots that i use uh for anyone curious they're called the micromelon rover and they're cool for a whole bunch of different reasons so they're they're these little guys here and they have all the sensors and motors and everything you could ever want built into them uh but for me living in a car because they're so tiny this the class set of tent only takes up you know hardly any room in the car so having a compact kit like this that's also full of features and an extremely capable bit of teaching gear is is unreal to have at my disposal and micromelon they're a, a sponsor of red dirt robotics so they were kind enough to jump on board with my crazy idea before i set out on doing anything and gave me 10 of these robots and i've taken them all around the country a big shout out to micromelon robots because they're also members of robotics australia's network so clearly um very into supporting community and building it up mm. you know they've been unreal they were yeah as i said the first people to uh jump on board and support me so yeah without without micromelon tim and adam and the rest of the crew there i'd probably still be at home on the sunshine coast you know all people are social creatures and we we need people around us how do you tackle the isolation or do you have someone traveling to you or what do you do I travel by myself uh, most of the time. Um, I have my my lovely partner who's studying uh, in Melbourne. He'll sometimes come out on the road with me for, for little short trips, but most of the time uh, it's just myself. Uh, so, but you know, you, you meet people on the road. Um, just this morning, I drove two Dutch backpackers to the airport to catch a flight because their Uber driver canceled on them. So um, you meet all sorts of people. The, the caravan parks yeah. are also a great one. All the all the grey nomads who are out and about, they love coming up to me and going, "Oh, what's a young fella like you doing out here by yourself?" Um, so yeah, there, there's always people to have a chat with. Um, but yeah, the times that it does get a little bit tricky, I just have to remind myself of what I'm doing and how how special it is, and then I, I quickly snap out of 
whatever's bringing me down. This is what a mature attitude. Like, honestly, um, I think for all of us, we, we aspire to do great things. And then obviously we have times where, you know, things do go wrong, but you seem remarkably resilient to snap out of it quicker than most <laughs> of us. Yeah, well, you sort of have to be uh, with this lifestyle. When when things go wrong, there's there's only one way out of it, and that's just to to make it work and and fix it. So, yeah. And tell me, in terms of your travel, do you make sure you get home on a frequent basis, or is that uh, home base not that important to you? Um, I'd love to get home a lot more than I do. Uh, so I haven't been home since the the end of December last year, um, and I. At the end of my trip last year, I spent about a month back at home. But I'm I'm lucky in a sense that my my mother is a teacher in Alice Springs, so I sort of have a home base away from home in Alice. And every time I go to Alice, I always spend a little bit of time there um, with mum, and then also at all the schools and the library in town as well. All right. And do you have a mentor, Jonathan? I have a whole heap of wonderful mentors uh, who have supported me and all sorts of different uh, aspects of what I'm doing now. Um, uh, my high school robotics coach, uh, Simon Richardson, or Richo, as we call him, he's a, an amazing man. Uh, and I owe a lot of to where I am and what I'm doing now to, to Richo. Um, just all through school, my robotics program has such a supportive network of teachers who wanted to, to see us succeed. And it was Richo who said to start teaching way back in year 10 and yeah Richo is yeah an, an amazing man and an inspiration to me um who's continuing to do some really cool stuff for the robotics community on the Sunshine Coast and in Australia fantastic huge shout out to him we'll, we'll maybe link his name in there as well I believe mm. mentors um in, in whatever shape or form they come along because you know sometimes mentors are informal mentors and they don't even know they're mentoring you because you know, I, I think, and you'd probably be the same, we tend to watch people to see what they're doing and mm. you take your cues from there. So um, now tell me, if, if you had a wish list, like how could people help you? How could they support your cause? Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, the quick and easy answer is uh, supporting me through sponsorship and funding. Uh, but, but beyond that, I'm really wanting to get a lot more recognition uh, for the work that I'm doing, uh, especially through uh, federal and state and all the rest of the other government uh, levels, uh, because there's a whole heap of talk of how uh, rural and regional and remote Australia is so far behind in STEM, but it's a lot of just talk. There's not much actually being done on the ground to combat that problem. And, and I'm out here seeing it and living it firsthand <clears throat> and doing what I can just as one person uh, to, to help combat that issue. And I think with, with a little bit of support from a, from a higher body that I'd be able to take my mission a whole lot further and then hopefully more than just me doing it as well. Um, moving forward, the end goal is to have a whole heap of uh, more people like me scattered all around the country. So we're, we're working with as many kids as possible at once, but that's a fair way down the track. Um, and then aside from that, just, just sharing the word um, across regional and remote Australia of the opportunities that are out there. Um, and yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll go to places and I'll be there for a while and I'll have done some work and then I'll be just about to leave and someone will say, oh, I, I didn't know you were in town. I've only just learned about you. 
it'll be great to have you do some work with our kids and then I say I have to I have to get on to my next trip so yeah just sharing the word of um what I'm doing and my my goals that I'm trying to achieve is probably the the biggest and, and easiest way to help me other than uh, financial support well, I can certainly help you with that with Robotics Australia Group. I am more than happy to put out um, regular updates on our in our newsletter and also just on our website to spread the word that this is your itinerary. Um, this is where people can hit you up. So that's an offer to you that I can easily extend. And um, yes, like uh, congratulations. I'm I'm in awe with just how inspiring this is, and I know you know probably there will be a use by date for you with this you know because it's it's quite a tough life and um it would be good if other youngsters are not necessarily youngsters other people could go this is quite a good idea we could do this but just mm. speaking to the you know the education thing i think you know you're very ballsy going out there just on the sheer knowledge of what you're doing because normally the question would be is you know are you a teacher are you this you know there, there's so many barriers to someone like you just coming in and going no I can just show you what to do and I can just give you the love of learning mm. yeah no I, I definitely agree with that and there, there's been some places where um, my authority has been questioned as to to why I have the right to be doing what I'm doing but yeah the the places that just take me in with open arms are always always the best places to work with and what do you say to the places that question your authority? Can I ask you that? Um, well, I just, I run through the same story that I told you at the start of uh, okay. where I started and how I got to doing what I'm doing. And once I drop in the national champion and second at the world <laughs> festival, I sort of think, oh, may maybe this kid does know what he's on about. <laughs> Good for you. I'd start with that. I'd leave <laughs> all the others and just go, this is who I am. Take it on board. And actually what a cheeky here offering a service. Um, just in terms of, uh, funding again, like I know we, we've touched a little bit, but I think one of the big challenges is that when you're offering stuff to people um, is how to put a value on the work that you're doing. So obviously, you know, you have to pay your cost and um, there's some robotic stuff and you have to maintain your car, but, mm. you know, you also want to make a little bit of a living if that's okay with everyone. Uh, have, you, have you got a model that you base everything on and that's how you present it to them? Yeah, um... It's gone through a few changes uh, over time, but the way that I sort of set it out now is for a two-hour program, be it robotics or 3D printing, um, it'll be starting at $1,200. And with that, I can work with up to 20 kids. And then yeah. on top of that base cost will be fuel, accommodation, and just other little expenses that may be uh, associated with that specific trip. Um, but luckily, I've been getting a, a lot of funding uh, through grants recently. So it's been either fully paid for or partially subsidized, um, which is the way I'm wanting to move towards. Uh, and yeah, just, just touching on that point you said before of um, this lifestyle being hard and uh, me maybe having an expiration date, I'm already sort of feeling that. And the way that I'm moving towards in the future is getting a, a large uh input of funding to then focus on one region but do it a whole lot more intensively than what I'm currently doing and so just yeah. a few months ago I received a $50,000 grant from the Vincent Fairfax Family Foundation to do a three-month tour of Queensland um, that'll be fully funded uh, for all the places that I visit and 
So next year will be the first time that I'm moving to that model. Uh, so I've got the first three months at home next year, which I'm really looking forward to. And then it's back on the road uh, for Queensland term two. You know what, congratulations, because I can actually see that model really working. Um, constantly scrapping and scraving, it's tough. Like, mm. uh, you know, you, you, you in essence are on startup mode or anyone that started any other business, it's just that you're on the road the whole time and other yeah. startups are sitting in offices. And um, now I can, I can just, listening to you i can just think how hard and tough it can be i know you saying no it's all fine but <laughs> kudos to you and your really um tough mindset for someone um quite young still in their journey i have to congratulate you because i think your attitude is just well i'm going out then i'm doing it no thank you and yeah i i love what i'm doing and i could do it for free i I'd do it for free if i could but i i know that um <laughs> it's not the way the world works and i have bills to pay and uh, costs to meet but I, I absolutely love uh, the job that I have and want to keep doing it as long as I can in some capacity and yeah I think the model that I'm wanting to move towards is the way that I'm going to going to see it happen. Fantastic congratulations we will uh, I will be watching your journey um, as I said to you if we can do any call outs from our uh, platform I'm more than happy to do it and I'm sure other people are as well uh, micro melon if they see us putting everything out they will repost it and you will mm. just start a wildfire of repost <laughs> on the work and where you're going to be next so again to our audience if there's anyone out there um, that can support in any way um, not necessarily money but you know you never know Jamison could be in your area and you could offer somewhere where for him to stay any pro bono or any things that you can help with I'm sure will be greatly appreciated no it definitely will and yeah, I've had some amazing supporters along the journey, and the more I can I can say that it helped me is 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 the better. Fantastic, Jamison. Thank you for your time. I know you've got a, a busy meeting and um, important meetings after this. Enjoy Darwin. Um, obviously, stay safe, travel safe, and uh, look after yourself. And again, congratulations. Thank you very much, Nick. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. And to our audience, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope this has inspired you to do something that you've always dreamed of doing and you were wondering about it. Get out there, live your life. You've only got one. Make it happen. And um, I hope you are well wherever you are in the world. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm.